So we'll see. We'll see. It's, I mean, this is, this is the time where everybody, you know, is, I mean, this is where managers lose their jobs. This is where, you know, players build reputations. It's, it's going to be a fun week of baseball in the American League West is all I got to say about that. We're back one more time here before the end of the year uh, rolls around or the final week of the season rolls in here. Billy, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. A lot of scenarios, a lot of situations are coming up here, uh, here at the end of the season to see what's going to happen. Uh, it should be an exciting last week of the season. We'll get into talking about the state of the race uh, for the last time here before we close uh, up the season, uh, talk a little bit about some outlooks and uh, <clears throat> what the playoffs might look like, some potential series we may uh, be looking at uh, in the next week and a half or so, and then kind of talk about uh, what to expect from us uh, heading into the playoffs, how that's going to look uh, from us breaking everything down and, and just kind of uh, chatting about what's going on in the league uh, once that starts. So, uh, yeah. Mark, uh, welcome in. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Duncan. Uh, great weekend. Um, crazy end to the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Unbelievable. Uh, you don't see that every day. I don't know what I learned about either team, except they're probably both you know, two of the 10 best teams in the country. That's probably fair. Which is what you knew beforehand. Uh, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. um, I don't know all that much about college football, but I just thought I'd mention it because it was, it was a notable thing that happened to be on my television on Saturday night. And um, we had, but, but what this weekend and really the last I guess it was 10 days or so ago that we talked just craziness in the races. And uh, we were pretty tight with two races that really mattered, a couple that were uh, of mild interest otherwise. Those have all gone away. And we're still left with the two primary ones that we've had um, really for the whole month of September for the most part. And that's the NL wild card and the AL West division slash wild card because of uh, those divi- – there's three contenders. Everybody knows who they are, the Astros, the Mariners, and the Rangers. Uh, not in that order, actually pretty much in the <laughs> reverse order. But um, they, uh, all three of those teams are still very much alive to make the playoffs. One is the, you know, obviously one of them is going to win the West. And there's still, you know, there's still very much a potential for the other two to get in. Although the Blue Jays kind of rained on that parade this last week. 
Uh, Toronto went seven and three over the last ten, and nobody else did. Uh, a, couple, a couple of them just really kind of pooped all over themselves in both the National League wild card race and among these three uh, American League West teams. If, if you remember, over the last couple of uh, visits that we've had, the last couple times we've recorded as we've kind of kind of marched down from 30 games left to 20 to, you know, now six or seven, uh, the – uh, the Blue Jays have been on the outside looking in some of that time. Yeah, last time but we they, checked in, that's where they were. Yeah, and they've played good ball lately. And uh, you know, coupled with that seven and three, I don't, I don't have it in front of me what they've done. Say like the whole month, but it's been better than the better than the other contenders. And so they are now uh, a game and a half up i'm sorry two games up on uh the astros in the uh in the second wild card uh and and two and a half on the mariners and so you know of those three teams uh, they're probably uh, there's two spots so somebody's going to be out on the outside looking in and with, you know, six or seven games left, uh, there are a couple teams with seven left. Um, the Mariners, for example, have only played 155. Uh, they're the only ones, though, of that group. Uh, the Rangers, the Jays, Blue Jays, and um, Strohs have all played 156. No, I'm sorry. Rangers have only played 155 also. So so both the both Seattle and Texas are playing all week next, you know, this coming week. And uh not for nothing they're playing each other. Yeah, it's going to be massive. Oh, it's yeah, it well, I mean it will almost certainly decide well, certainly it'll probably decide Seattle's fate. Yeah, I was going to say you almost have a little you almost have a little like uh, round robin ish kind of a thing happening too, because you've got um, the next series is Houston and Seattle playing as well. <clears throat> so you got a whole round robin happening basically uh, in the West there too, because you said Texas and Seattle are going to play as well, right? That's the last series. Yep. So Seattle's got seven games next week against the two rivals. Uh, Houston finishes the season against the Diamondbacks, which is important because the Diamondbacks are trying to maintain their position in the wild card in the National League. Man, it's going to get real spicy. Yeah, and then you already mentioned the Astros and the Mariners coming up for a three-game set starting tomorrow, which is going to be fascinating. And then the Rangers... Who did the Rangers play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? They got the Angels. Which That's right. Hey, yeah. if you want to be in the they playoffs, a, take care of it. I mean, you know, it's a spoiler deal, but we'll talk about how teams with 54 wins or, I'm sorry, they had 51 going into play on Friday night. 
and proceed to pick themselves up three in a row, that being the Kansas City Royals against your Houston, your defending World Series champion Houston Astros. So it's bizarre world, but it's baseball and it's September, and that's why they play 162. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so that uh, they're all playing each other, or at least to some extent, Seattle. Uh, truly seven games against uh, their two rivals. So Seattle still has it all in front of them. Uh, if Seattle goes five and two, they're probably certainly in. Um, their their destiny's in their hands. You know, if they... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If and they when win. I say five and two, that would be like, you know, two and one against Houston mm-hmm. and then... You know, two and two or three. What would that be? Yeah, five and two. That'd be three and one against Texas. If cool. they did that, then they're probably because they're also beating their rivals, right? So yeah. every game's a full game in the standings. Um, but very, very interesting. Uh, but how the teams got here is what I, I'm fascinated by. And before we get into a deep dive on that, I guess we should probably just. Uh, acknowledge what's going on in the NL with uh, and and then we've got we've also got some congratulations uh, are um, in order but uh, since we last talked I yeah the Brewers uh, have clinched a playoff spot and they're they've all but clinched the division yeah a single game left Uh, uh yeah, One two weeks the ago, there was, there was a good shot that the Brewers and Cubs could come down to that last series of the year, uh, which is in Milwaukee. Um, but it looks more and more like it's not going to matter at all for the Brewers, and it's going to matter very much for the Cubs. And so, <laughs> you know, it's there. Who knows? Who knows what happens? But, uh, you know, if the playoffs were to start today, Chicago would play next Sunday in Milwaukee, go back to the hotel, get something to eat, maybe have a day off on Monday, maybe in Milwaukee, maybe they, who knows, maybe they drive home Sunday night to Chicago, you know, it's an hour and a half, Uh, and then start the series against Milwaukee in Milwaukee the next day or, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they start. So that's crazy. That's bizarro. And, you know, so whereas we thought that last series was going to matter for the division, now it could be because also, who knows, what if the Brewers sweep the Cubs next weekend and completely knock them out of it, which is very much a possibility. Very possible. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, so the Cubs, uh, who've gone four and six, as have the Ray, the Reds, pardon me, uh, the Cubs are hanging on by a thread to the last wild card position. And while they're only uh, half a game behind the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are six and four, which included, I believe it was a sweep, a midweek sweep of your Chicago Cubs. 
Um, and the Marlins are the team that are between the Cubbies and the Reds. The Marlins are one game back of Chicago. The Reds, as I mentioned, are, um, or I didn't mention, but two and a half, two and a half behind Chicago and one and a half behind Miami. So since he's really up against it. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, if you look at the playoff odds forecast or, you know, uh, percentages as of this minute, uh, since he's down to 6.3% which is unfortunate. Wow. They would have been exciting in the playoffs. Quickly. Say again? I was going to say, that that would have been an exciting team in the playoffs, just with all their young players, just to see what they could do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would be kind of a year too soon kind of feel to it. Yeah, Which happens sometimes with teams. Um, You know, like the Phillies run to the World Series. That was probably too soon. Um, or just maybe just odd. And, um, but you know, they're looking like, you know, they're certainly, they certainly deserve respect from the Dodgers and the Braves, put it that way. And the Brewers. Um, I would say they're, I would, I would hold the, the Phillies in pretty much the same light as I do the Brewers. I think they're, you know, I mean, their records are virtually the same so far. Uh, and, you know, they're not – they're different teams. They have different makeups. But all in all, I would feel – you know, I think I think both of them should be, you know, pretty, pretty significantly favored against whoever the two teams are. Uh, the, well, we'll talk about it in a second. But the Diamondbacks – the Diamondbacks a day or so ago, I guess they, they've won one. But the Cubbies did sweep this weekend. Good for them. Uh, and that was against the uh, – who did the Cubs play this weekend? They just got done with – I got it right here in front The Rockies. Of me. Yeah, Colorado, um, who they dropped a couple games to last weekend. So I believe it was – because uh, I think they played Colorado six games in out of the last nine or something like that, two of the last three series, which that Ouch. remind me in the offseason to have like a, a, a 15 minute, 20 minute segment on the bizarro nature of the schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll share with you a little nostalgia for the days when it was. You know, there was 12 teams in each league. So you played the six teams, uh, the five teams in your division 18 times. So that was 90 games. Basically, how you played against your division went a long way to determining if you were the division winner mm-hmm. or even the second place when they expanded the playoffs to have the second place teams as well. And then you played the six teams in the other division 12 times each for 72 games. And so the schedule was balanced in the sense that everybody in every division had the same schedule as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't say, well, 
you know, the the Pirates, who are the worst team in the league, or, you know, back in the day, the Braves or whoever, you know, were the bottom feeders. Well, they get to play them, you know, somebody else gets to play them more than we do. I mean, obviously, division foes played them six more times. But like I said, everybody else in the division got that ability. And the um, – oh, what am I doing? I'm doing the rant right now, aren't I? Let me back up. <laughs> We're going to save that because there's more nuance to it than that. But just suffice to say that the old days were simpler. Uh, it was a simpler time when it came to the Major League Baseball schedule. Long before the days of interleague play and, and you know, what the game is today. I know the genie's out of the bottle. We're never going back. But I would like to share a few minutes on how perfectly symmetrical in this perfect game of perfect numbers the schedule was back then. The schedule no longer is one of the symmetrical, beautiful things about our game. So anyway. You're going to be hyped uh, up already. I'm, I'm excited to listen to that. <clears throat> Yeah, that'll be good when we get to it. But the uh, but back to the NL and where we stand. Uh, as I said, Cubbies holding on. Uh, Diamondbacks have played. We're playing even better ball. But over the last ten, they're six and four, so they're taking care of business. They're doing what they have to do, and they are, you know, only half a game ahead of the Cubs. But, uh, you know, in the playoffs by a game and a half, because even if they flip places with the Cubs, they're still in the wild card. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, like I said, you got the Marlins and the Reds who uh, have had a rough go, the four and six over the last 10. You know, it just wasn't good enough. They needed to they needed to play better than the other teams. And who do the Uh, Reds have coming up? Got a little interstate matchup, too, at at Cleveland, and yeah. then a day off, and then they come to Bush to close out the season against us. So we could play a little spoiler and absolutely close them out. Yeah. So the birds could could really put the final nail in the coffin for the Reds if it's not already done by then. So. No, completely. No, what the Cubs have or what the Reds have to do is sweep Cleveland, who has nothing to play for. Right. Uh, and it'll probably start, you know, a couple rookies. Who knows? So the Reds have to sweep Cleveland to keep the pressure on Miami and Chicago. See what Bo- and Arizona for that matter. See what those three teams do. But even if they all three went two and one, it still picks you up a game. So now you're half a game behind the Marlins and a game and a half behind the Cubs. And so, you know, again, with three games left, that's not a great place to be. No. But you still got a shot, right? And, and, you know, if you get lucky and you go, you sweep the the, uh, Guardians and either the Cubs or Marlins go one and two, well, now you're – you know, potentially either in the wild card. If they, I mean, you know, everybody can dream. They could both go zero and three. You go three and zero, and now you're you're in, right? And so, 
anything's possible. That's why the games are played. And that's why some of the stuff that's happened recently is so interesting or so funny, however you want to look at it. Uh, because it's not as drastic in the National League. The National League is pretty much where it has been for what? feels like six weeks now. Yeah. I mean, a couple teams flip-flopping, but for the most part, it's been right here with the Braves and the yeah, Dodgers guess, being so guess, far out in front. Uh, at Labor Day, the Giants were in the playoffs. Yeah, they've really and, fallen off. Yeah, you notice we didn't mention them. Uh, they're two and eight in their last ten, and they're probably, and you know, which obviously is a two hundred win percentage. Uh, they are probably somewhere in the three fifty winning percentage for the whole month of September. They've been horrible, and just played themselves right out of the playoffs, much like the Padres did in August, uh, so badly that. Everybody had forgotten about them, except they went on a little seven-game win streak basically this whole last week. They finally lost last night uh, to the Cardinals, and um, they, uh, but they, they, you know, they're they're both both the Padres and the Giants are two games under five hundred. And it feels about right. You know, they're going to wind up both being about. I mean, they on paper especially the Padres, uh, you expected them to be competing and, you know, either for the West division, certainly for a wild card, get in with all their talent, see what they can do in a short series, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But they kind of fell apart in August and then the Giants proceeded to do so in September. And so those two teams are out of it. uh, Both two and a half games behind the Reds. I mean, both of them have a mathematical chance, but I think their magic numbers are down to like literally two. one. Yeah, or two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think the the Padres, for example, I mean, it's going to be at the end of the year when all, all's said and done, it's going to be that classic example of you're going to look at the standings and you're going to be like, oh, well, they like, you know, missed out on the playoffs. They were decently close, though. Like maybe they just had a bad last couple of weeks or something like that. And you could easily overlook that when, you know, 10 years down the line. And it's kind of that idea of like, you know, in in soccer or in football or something like that, when the game's out of reach or even basketball, uh, you know, the game's out of reach and you score that one touchdown to make it respectable uh, of a scoreline or you make a couple free throws to get it under 10 versus it being like a, a 13 or 14 point loss or something like that. Uh, just to make the the scoreline look a little better, and that's all that this year is going to be for the the Padres is just going to be like, oh well, we missed the playoffs by three and a half uh, versus you know missing it by eight, something like right, that, right, just to yeah. make their season look a little bit better. But I mean, they the they were done you know a month and a half ago realistically, just with the way that their season was being put together um, and the way that their players overall weren't performing they've obviously snell's been an absolute superstar for them this year and stuff like that juan soto's been coming on a little bit but just overall as a team i mean i i need, would need to look up the exact record but i mean the cardinals just beat them the other night in extra innings i believe the last time i had looked and this was a little bit ago they had not won a single 
one-run game or something like that in extra innings, or their extra innings record was absolutely awful. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's that kind of stat line just shows that it's not it's not a winning team that's going to win in the playoffs. It's just not. Right, which is unfortunate because they assembled a, a, a pretty nice collection of talent. I mean, basically yeah. they said – you know, they 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 pulled down their zipper and whipped out their stuff and said, here you go, Dodgers, you know, Mets, Braves, Yankees, Bo Sox. You know, we can we, we can hang with you guys. And uh, obviously that was not the case. So, uh, you know, again, still six games better than the New York Mets. So uh, talk about disappointing. And oops, by the way. Another uh, three games better than the Cardinals. So just under, you know, if they could easily finish 10 games better than us this year. Right. So, you know, we, we, we can't be throwing stones. Uh, but, but yeah, very disappointing for those two squads, especially, I mean, just in terms of the, the, the pennant, you know, race, the down the stretch September baseball. Uh, the Giants, unfortunately, just had a terrible September. And, you know, some teams had terrible Junes, right? Uh, Texas, for example, uh, their month was July. You know, out of the gate, they were the hottest team. In, I mean, literally had the best record in baseball for a little while. And we're still in first place as late as, I don't know, maybe the middle of June or whatever it was. And, uh, and then, you know, then they were, they were almost on the outside looking in, but they always kept themselves close enough. Same thing with Arizona, who in the NL, they were the team that they, they were the rabbit team, if you will. Um, you know, teams like the Phillies, you know, for a minute there challenged the Braves, but, you know, they're so far behind the Braves, it's it's not even funny, right? And, uh, but that's just because Atlanta's the class of the league, right? And so is, you know, uh, you know, that's why a team like Tampa, although they're going to be, you know, nothing, nothing more than, you know, I'm saying that with in quotes a little bit, but they... Uh, you know, they're the best wild card, but they couldn't win their division because they're in division with the best team in baseball or the best team in the American League, or at least for this year. And uh, and it just so happens that on in any other division, they'd be winning it, but they're not in any other division. They're in the um, American League East, so they can't get that buy round that they would get otherwise. And that's the other prize for the three AL West teams. The one that can win that little round robin, as you so well put it before, is going to get a bye. Because the Twins, with uh, who, by the way, we owe also a round of applause for and a hearty congratulations, uh, they wrapped up their division, I believe it was Friday, um, and, but definitely they did in the last couple of days, they, um, they're a team that on, 
I don't have the date in front of me, but it was, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it was the month of September. I think it was the last week of August. If I'm not mistaken, the last week of August, I believe they were either tied with or within a game of the Guardians. Or did the Guardians actually slip into first for a day or two? But 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 all that happened in the last 30 days, right, or so. Um, I want to say it was the last week of August when that, that little bit of drama happened. And uh, since question then— question about that division, yeah. Yeah, and since then, uh, you know, much like the Brewers, the Twins just proved they were the better baseball team. And I would argue in the case of the Guardians, it was as much about them falling off as the Twins just playing lights-out ball. But they've been fine. And, I mean, they're they're a representative you know, division winner. I mean, it's, you know, some, some, some division has to be uh, the worst of the three, you know, in the two right. leagues. And so uh, it's, it's been the central in the AL for a few years now. Um, but you remember all the years it was the West. Oh yeah. And it's just, yeah, it just depends. Just depends. But real quick, one last thing I wanted to say. I mean, I, I mean, I, obviously we got more to say, and I want to hear more of your thoughts <laughs> as well. But, but Houston, let me just let me just read this to you because it's just so much fun, and it just really speaks to the game and and what makes it so great. So where is this? Hold on, give me one second. I'm getting there. Yeah, here it is. Over the last four series. Right. So back on the uh, what was the date of these games? Back on the uh, uh, what was this day? On the tenth. So on the tenth, they finished up. Uh, Kyle Tucker hit two triples. Um, and uh. And in an inning, I'm sorry, he was the 12th player in Major League history to hit two triples in an inning uh, when he did that in the eighth, in the eight run sixth. So that was two weeks ago, Sunday night or Sunday, you know, Sunday afternoon uh, versus the uh, Padres. And that series, Houston won two out of three. Since then, they've played four series, two weeks, four series. They played three against the Athletics, three against the Royals, three against the Orioles, and three more against the Royals. So two of those three teams have the the two worst records in the American League. And the other one's the Orioles, who are the best team in baseball. And that was a highly anticipated beginning of the week series this week. I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It could have been Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, In those 12 games, four beautifully symmetrical three-game series, they went a grand total of three and nine, thereby playing themselves right out of the playoffs. Darn near. Darn near. The only thing saving them is that the teams that are competing with them uh, haven't been setting the world on fire either. 
but it just blew my mind when I was looking at this. So it was the first series was after we after they after Kyle Tucker, you know, became twelfth player in major league history to hit two triples in an inning. They play the uh, Athletics three times in Houston, by the way. Did I mention three of these four series were at home? I didn't, but they were. <laughs> so they start off with welcoming Oakland to town, soon to be Las Vegas Athletics or whatever they're going to call themselves. I understand that the city of Oakland is negotiating to keep the name Athletics, which I just give them all the props in the world for the kind of belief that says we're going to have a team here again anytime soon. But um, anyway, they start off welcoming the athletics and they lose two or three. They have to win the last game of the series to, to avoid the sweep. Then they go to Kansas city for last weekend, not the one that just ended, but the weekend prior. Well, the uh, last we two it, weekends too. <laughs> yeah. We call it, we call it bachelor party weekend in our family. So right. that was, but that that was in Kansas City, right? So that would, first one was in Kansas City. Same story: lose two or three, have to win on Sunday to avoid the sweep. So now they're two and four against the Athletics and the Royals, which they thought they were going to go either six and zero or five and one, right? Then they go to, uh, then they welcome Baltimore in town. So they, they play at home, run up to KC for a quick three-game series, and then come back home, and they got a whole week ahead of them. They got the Orioles and the Royals again. And they start off with the Orioles, one of the more anticipated series of the month. You know, I mean. Yeah, big one. You know, not, not, not Braves, not Braves-Dodgers, but about as close as you can get. And – they proceed to get swept there. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, they had to get uh, some heroics in the ninth, eighth or the ninth. They won that third game two to one. Might even have been in extras. Um, but anyway, point is now they're three and six uh, over nine games against the two worst teams in the league and the best team in the league, two out of three series at home. So they're like, okay, what are we doing? We got to get right. We got KC coming to town for a three game set. We just dropped two or three from them. This, this is unacceptable. So what do they do this weekend? They get swept by the Kansas city Royals at home. And you can't write this. That's what I'm saying. There's not a, there's not a, you know, John Grisham or none of them. Stephen King. There's nobody. I mean, maybe horror story, but there's, there's, <laughs> there's nobody out there that can make this up as good as it as real life is. So they just they they leave, and I believe when they left San Diego, I'm sorry, when San Diego when they said goodbye to him, which is by the way, four out of five series at home, not for nothing. But um, when San Diego flew out of town on Sunday night, I believe Houston Houston was definitely in first place in the division. And I want to say there were a couple games, you know, as, as a wild card team, because they were probably only a game up on the Mariners or the Rangers or both. You know, it's just been like that for the last three, four weeks. But just that 
kind of mini collapse over this little period, especially when if 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 I would have given you like when we were when everybody was looking at the schedule at the end of August, middle of August, or like what's the rest of the season look like? Oh, look at this stretch the Astros have. This is where the Astros probably nail down the West is over this 12-game series, you know, this 12-game set, these two weeks, the second and third weeks of September. And uh, no, not, that's not what happened, and they are uh, in – you know, real danger, uh, depending on how these next three games go against Seattle, which, by the way, they're up in the Northwest. So we see, as a good friend of mine used to always say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three and three, three and nine over a 12-game stretch. That's, un- that's unbelievable to yeah. see that, especially from a team that's the reigning – you know, World Series champs, and and not not only just won it last year, but has been a perennial uh, power in the postseason slash late in the season. That's when they're really turning it on. Are we kind of seeing an end of the era, end of an era kind of a thing? George Springer has left uh, a couple of years ago to go to Toronto. Uh, Carlos Correa is gone uh, now. At this point, this past year. Um, uh, Yuli Gurriel gone, who was a huge postseason uh, hitter for them. A lot of big, big time hits for them. Uh, still got Jordan Alvarez. Still have Jose Altuve. Um, Kyle Tucker is an absolute beast uh, for them as well. But yeah, absolutely. I looked at it. I actually took a look at. It. I'm glad you brought it up. You didn't even know this, but you led right into this for me. It's not Tucker. Tuck, Tucker's having a fine, actually a very good season. Alvarez, absolute beast, except for injury and missed games. I think he's only he's only played in like 108 games, but yeah. he's a he's a he's a 995 OPS. He's in a, a joke in, with a, of a hitter. He's so good. In more than 100 games, he's so his he's a ridiculous hitter. If he can stay healthy, and actually Altuve has had a very nice season. Yeah, Bregman maybe not, you know, as good as his best seasons when he was, you know, when he was legitimately competing for MVPs and that kind of stuff. But his season's fine. It's fine. I mean, if if he was the best of their top player, you know, the 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 worst of their top players. In other words, his his numbers were the worst. They'd have a Braves like offense. Just put it that yeah. way. But oh, the yeah. two guys that have killed them are Jeremy Pena. Pena is he? Yep. Is he? Is this a sophomore slump for him? Is this year two or three for him? I believe it's year two. Because uh, yeah. last year he was kind of that rookie sensation that just kind of showed up and lit the world on fire in the postseason. And he is the guy. Uh, Basically, he, Bregman, and um, Tucker have been healthy all season, right? And so they've they're they're the guys that are at the one forty plus games played, right? One forty five, one fifty, wherever they're at. Yeah. I think Tucker might be might have literally played every game this season, uh, and I think Pena's right behind. So, but Pena, and then the guy 
the you know you talked about losing Correa. You talked about um, uh, who's the other stud that they Springer. lost? Springer, yeah. Um, which what did he break something? Was he out all season because he broke something, or is he playing? He's basically been hurt all the time since he's been in Toronto. But um, yeah. you know, this year he's been healthy most of the year. He's played 148 games. So oh yeah, so he's played all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's probably doing fine. It's just that. You know, for I don't know why we're well, we're not allowed to know anything about Toronto ever, but I guess that's kind of how it works. Um, <laughs> but the uh, but the guy they didn't necessarily get directly to replace him, but you know, thinking they're continuing to keep themselves relevant and you know, World Series worthy and that kind of stuff, which obviously they just won it, so it's not like they're that far away. Yeah, but um, Jose Abreu has not done much. No. Has had a rough season. And they just, you know, you know they expect it more when they got him, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I look at him and I think he he was a completely different player in Chicago. And almost, you almost think about it as like a reverse situation of like a change of scenery guy, a guy that just needs something different to be able to succeed. And he's almost had the exact opposite where a change of scenery has brought out the worst in his game and just maybe just not feeling comfortable in Houston, you know, where you, you've been in Chicago for what, eight, nine years, something like that. And you can just show up at the park and walk to your locker and not even think about it. You know, everybody, just, just those little things that help you feel comfortable and let you focus on your game uh, or where you're living uh, whatever those kind of off the field things that can help your on field performance, and maybe one of those that just moving to a new city has just kind of slowed him down a little bit, and you know he might bounce right back next year. And I, I think about that similarly with even like when Goldie and Arenado both came here from their respective teams to the Cardinals, um, had somewhat of down years from their standard for their first season, you know, just kind of getting used to it. And you even look at that with Wilson Contreras right now, too. Uh, the first half of the year, obviously, there's all that controversy stuff, get him getting pulled off catcher and things. But, I mean, even just his batting numbers and that kind of thing, he wasn't incredible to the first half of the year. But this second half, he's been turning it on. So I think he's going to end up with nice numbers at the end of the year for a catcher for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I look at that and I say, okay, that's fine. I, I'm not expecting him to walk in the team and be our best player. Uh, but you can you expect some regression to the mean kind of a thing, uh, or I guess some progression to the mean in this situation. Um, but, yeah, I, I wonder that with Jose Abreu, if that's it, or he's 36 years old, is he just starting to decline? Don't know. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Decline could be the answer, but the fact are the facts are when you look at their everyday lineup, those two have let them down the most. Absolutely. And yeah. then and then I know their pitching has taken a little bit of a and they really don't have catching uh or I should say they that's not true. <laughs> uh, what's their What's their offense? What's their Hold on a second. Sorry, Martin Maldonado. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah. Well, Maldonado's got the most of the uh, um, 
most of the reps, obviously. Yeah. He's played the most. And he's he's never been a great offensive player. No, he's, he's, a, he's a glove first guy for sure. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, I got nothing, you know, I don't have anything against him, but uh, where is my, I just had the stats and then I lost well, them. While you're, while you're pulling up that, I'll at least just mention this because uh, the, the Astros have routinely for years, I think, taken an approach with their catchers of kind of, this is maybe a harsh word, but I guess like punting a little bit of the offensive production of, of catchers and focusing on their catchers being a glove first position. Um, you know, Martin Maldonado has excellent um, blocking numbers, pop time for, for throwing out runners, uh, caught stealing numbers, like those kinds of things. Uh, very, very good at it. Very good managing pitching staff, calling games, those kind of intangible things that we loved Yachty for and said, you know, I don't need Yachty to be a 300 hitter and hit 25 bombs a year. Like that, that's not his role. He is the the field general of the of the game and I think they they take that kind of approach uh with that and they kind of have for years uh I, I'm trying to think previously I want to say they even had um was it Max Stassi who was if I remember correctly a notoriously glove first guy I mean his career batting average is 212 but he's a 10-year player in the bigs and so, you know, there's a reason that people, that teams kept signing him. But teams are keeping him in, in the in the league because he calls such a good game. He's such a good defensive catcher. So the Astros have kind of taken that approach with their catching. Um, right. The only, but the only, the, they do have Diaz, who has actually had a decent offensive season, certainly from a production standpoint. Um, I mean, it's, they really do have an embarrassment of riches. Obviously, uh, is Dubon a, a, a rookie? Dubon, Who was it? Dubon, whatever his name is. He's the guy that's Mauricio? gotten all the reps since uh, Altuve's been hurt, or most of them. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's been in the in the league for like five years. He was with uh, the Giants before this. Pretty good infielder, pretty good glove. Um, yeah, and, and, and yeah. A, a very serviceable bat. Or at least this year, you yeah, know, yeah. He's got a three twelve four eleven split. You know, I mean, if you're a second yeah, baseman gonna... slugging four hundred, and you're getting on base over three hundred, I mean, you're not horrible. You know, you no, might not be. Yeah, a two and a half WAR player this year. I mean, he's he's a serviceable, an above average player. Right. Yeah, that's right. Two and a, that's okay. I'm looking at that now too. Yeah, it just shows you how good they are. And it also shows you how misleading the stat is because you got Bregman at 5.2 and Tucker at 4.8. Tucker's got every number better. Uh, he's only played four less games. But anyway, well, we're, we're not going to completely tear about tear apart the whole Astros uh, batting statistics. But... <laughs> The team with all that gaudy stuff went uh, three and nine against uh, six games against the Royals, three against the Astros, or the uh, Athletics, and three against the Orioles. Uh, the only other, I mean, I guess just to kind of to to 
square the circle or complete the loop or whatever they say. Uh, Chaz McCormick, who everybody thinks is a pretty good ball player, yeah. he's got a he's got an eight sixty seven OPS. I mean, the riches. It's stupid. It's I'll just ridiculous. It. <laughs> what they got. Yeah. They got they got four they got five guys eight fifty or better. We have zero. So that just goes to show you <laughs> how hard it is. But yeah. uh, well yeah. the the well, last thing well, that I was Yeah, the last thing I was thinking as far as Houston goes was just kind of uh how this could look in a week's time. Uh in different scenarios so say you know the we'll just take it for granted that the the standings end the way it is right now houston's that last wild card seattle ends up missing the postseason uh do you see a scenario with houston limping to the playoffs like this and kind of backing into the playoffs meanwhile their uh opponent uh would end up being toronto correct yeah, if they, if they were the last wild card, it'd be Minnesota. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, yes. So, yeah, it would be uh, Minnesota. But even so, Minnesota's been good. So, yeah, my the point still kind of remains you got a team that's backing in versus a team that's playing good ball. And would it be kind of a disappointment in a way? You know, they get to the postseason and be like, yeah, you, you deserved it on paper. You were the better team over 162, but... This is going to end up being a pretty uneventful series, and you're just going to kind of go home and and with without a whimper, kind of a thing. Uh, it could it could turn out that way, or it could turn out you know they get to the postseason, and all these guys that have been in the postseason for the past what six seven years, been winning World Series and things, say all right, this is where I make my money. Let's go, and then they absolutely show up you know for a month in the postseason it could it could go either of those two ways or you could or you could see a a scenario also where they just completely miss out on the postseason and you've got seattle who ends up just running this last um couple series uh the round robin like we were talking about and end up in the postseason then houston misses out completely so it's going to be very interesting to see what what kind of happens there and some of the storylines. Um, personally, I think it would be an absolute shame if uh, Seattle missed the postseason, but it would be absolutely shocking if Houston missed as well. So, right, and the, and there's still the chance that the Rabbit team, the team that came out of the gate uh, the hottest, uh, is going to wind up not having done enough in the second half. Uh, yep. and- that being the Texas Rangers. So, but, but what does Texas do? And it's, you know, it's as much as like we, like we always say, and you can't forget the games in April matter the same as the games in September. They're, they have exactly the same impact on the standings. The fact that uh, Texas went ahead and just, uh, as my old friend uh, uh, likes to say, they went and beat the brakes off the Mariners this weekend, <laughs> which is what's so much fun about it. So while the Royals are sweeping the Astros, improbable as hell, the Rangers are sweeping the Mariners. And it's two high-scoring games. They put up eight. Uh, 
and they were up 8 nothing, and then, you know, allowed Seattle to score five runs against their bullpen, which everybody knows that's by far their weakness. And tonight, or t- this afternoon, whatever, they scored nine runs in a back-and-forth game that uh, Seattle was right there. Seattle scored eight. So, but they didn't give up any runs after the seventh, the Rangers. So tonight, or today, their bullpen worked. And it's very much, it's very much, I mean, it, it's, it would be, it will be one of the weakest units, if you will. Uh, you know how they say in football, the room, you know, the receiver room, the linebacker room, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, the the Rangers bullpen will be one of, if not the weakest unit in uh, in the playoffs. You know, should they hang on and make it? But uh, the middle game, which I didn't mention, I saved it for last because it turned out to be a gem, uh, which may say more about the Seattle offense than it does about the Rangers pitching. But a little guy that might be pitching for the Cardinals the next year by the name of Jordan Montgomery, although every time he pitches well, he, you know, I feel like it's five more million dollars you got to put on his on his deal or maybe another year. Who the hell knows? But he uh, he threw seven scoreless. And uh, then, like I said, they didn't give up anything in the eighth or ninth. So they shut him out to nothing on the. You know the sandwich game, as some people say, uh, and where they didn't uh, really hit themselves much, right? And I, I forgot to look in who at who Montgomery uh, faced. I don't know if it was uh, Kirby or Gil, whoever it was. Anyway, nice little sweep by the Rangers, who have been playing great baseball. And like we talked about, are now uh, two games up or two and a half games up in the American League West. And it's all in front of them to go ahead and win that division. And they can start Shocking. that off by sweeping. If they, if they sweep the Angels, they could have clinched their division literally by Wednesday or Thursday, whatever the schedule is on the days. Oh, yeah. I would have never expected that a week and a half ago with just the way, like you were talking about, their pitching and just the way that that's been performing. Right. I, was, I thought they were going to be struggling to make the playoffs, but Houston said, all right, here you go. Here's the division. Take it. Well, Garcia coming back. This kid, Evan Carter, is is doing well. Um, you know, and they're, they're not as good. I mean, on paper, they're not as good as the Astros. Uh, on paper, they're they're probably they're probably equal to the Mariners, you know. Um, I, you know, it depends on how you feel about Simeon. I mean, there's you know they got plenty of talent and they've shown it all year long. I mean, they're they're in this thing for a reason. Um, right. But Seager, just very interesting to see them go. <clears throat> or to, uh, did they host or did they go to see them? Uh, let me see here. Where is it at? Uh, uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay. 
Uh, where am I at? Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, sorry about this. This is good podcasting. Yeah. So to, uh, uh, welcome in the Mariners and treat the home fans to a little three game sweep against a team that's trying to keep them out of playoffs. It's just good stuff. It's just good stuff. Um, and, you know, so – and they picked up three full games on both teams because the Astros got swept. So this is – this is you couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, and, you know, Eovaldi, is he an ace? I mean, he's not Framber, but he's 12-4 and four with a 3-2-6 ERA. Uh, he's had a good season when he's been healthy. So anyway – I think uh, I think his stuff's going to play – in the postseason, just kind of thinking about the way that he pitches and and that kind of thing. I mean, he he lives on his fastball. Um, well, he's not I a think, young pitcher. I mean, this is not Nate Eovaldi no. from the 2013 World Series. You know, it's it's a different guy. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a veteran. It's ten years later. You know, and mm-hmm. um, so we'll see. Uh, what they do when you look at Alvarez, um, Hunter Brown, I guess, and um, where did I put that? Houston, um, yeah, oh shoot, I just hit the hit too many buttons. Uh, oh yeah, Javier, of course, Christian Javier and JP Franz. I mean, those are basically the four guys. Uh, and then the fifth guy is, is it B-Lock? Brandon B-Lock? Yeah, Brandon B-Lock, yep. B-Lock? I mean, those are the only guys of significance uh, that have started. I mean, it's why they went out and got Verlander, right? And um, uh, I don't know who other, what other guys... um, were starters for them. I guess was Graverman ever a star? No, they got him as a reliever at the at the uh, at the at the trade deadline, right? Um. Anyway, uh, so they've been pretty they've been pretty lucky with their starters. Most of their stars have been there for most of the. I mean, they're probably a handful to five starts behind the the leading starters in, in the MLB, the guys that literally have not been hurt at all the whole season, but their top guys, even when hurt only missed a few starts, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's, what's going on with them. They, uh, uh, it all starts tomorrow night. And, uh, as a last thought on that, let me tell you, uh, who is going to be on the bump? We've got, uh, well, it says Justin Verlander. Is he pitching? I don't have the probables in front of me right now. I thought, I thought Verlander was hurt, but maybe not. Let me look at his game log. No, he pitched. He's pitched the last, you know, all all month long, the 1st, the 6th, the 12th, and the 18th. 
Yeah, they've got him pitching tomorrow yeah, against uh, no, Castillo. 26, 26 uh, innings this month. Uh, uh, kind of an unfortunate um, – how is this – see, this is – this is why sometimes computers make me angry. So I'm looking at <laughs> Verlander's month, right? And he's got 26 innings pitched and four starts. Three losses, by the way. Um, although in two of them, they scored two runs, so... Gave up six. I mean, the least they gave up in those losses was six twice. But those aren't all on him. Uh, although, no, five and six in the two games. So, uh, anyway, yeah. So, his ERA for the month, I guess this is accurate. My bad. I'm sorry, ESPN. It's not you. It's me. Uh, there, uh, his his ERA for the month has been five five 5.2. So, that's not very good. Uh, I mean, does he, he's not a, he's not a game one starter for me. I think Framber is right. Probably. That's what I would do. And then, but is he game, is he definitely nailed on game two? I would think so. I mean, Javier has not been great this year and yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking at their other, yeah, I I would have Brown, to do that. No, Brown is. I mean, that's who I thought would be number two if it wasn't Verlander. Hunter Brown, Javier. Have, oh, Javier, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, no, Brown's numbers are not. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not nothing to get excited about either. Um, so starting pitching is probably the big difference for Houston year over year. Um. And uh, but yeah, so tomorrow night, Justin Verlander, um, Luis Castillo versus Luis Castillo, yeah, and um, so it should be good, right? That'll be a great matchup. I mean, yeah, it's 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 really what we live for, right? Then Javier goes Tuesday against George Kirby. And Framber on Wednesday, and then uh, the way they got the the final series against Zona is JP France versus Zach Gallen, Hunter Brown versus Miral Kelly, and then right now they got Verlander scheduled to pitch October first, last game one sixty two which may or may not be the game that decides if they go to on, right? I guess I guess you want a guy that's got 300, however many wins he's got, 295 or something crazy, 340. Um, I guess you want yeah, a guy if you, to say If what? you need him or else, I would say, if you need him that game or if for whatever reason something happens, it's locked up by then, and then you rest him for another two days and have him pitch game one. Something well, and, like and that, the same so. thing. And you got Valdez scheduled for Wednesday, so they're they're staff yeah. set up. They're set up. They've got Verlander, Valdez, and Javier. All three. Well, Verlander would not be if he had to pitch next Sunday. Uh, but you would just roll right into Javier Valdez 
for uh, games one and two, or you know, you might, depending on how much days off, like if the series starts on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, you, you get Verlander you back have, for three. You know, one of those two, and really, you could probably, if it's Wednesday, you could probably throw France to France if you had to. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, so they should be fine there. Um, but France Brown Verlander against Gallon Kelly Davies. I feel like Arizona's uh, favored in the first two matchups, Gallon and Kelly versus. I would Brown. say so. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So. It's. I mean, this is this is the time where everybody, you know, is. I mean, this is where managers lose their jobs. This is where. You know, players build reputations. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun week of baseball in the American League West is all I got to say about that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, you, any other things about the AL West? Because for my money, that's uh, the most interesting and uh, best race going on right now. But you have anything else? Uh, otherwise, I got a couple thoughts kind of tie in some of the NL stuff and some Oh, no, please do. Yeah, I think we're done with that. And then, and I think I've said everything I want to say about, I mean, we could talk about the Cubbies and how they've kind of done a a mini Houston collapse, if you will. Uh, They're doing this. Lead me right into my point. They got right this weekend. They did what they did, what Houston was supposed to. Houston was supposed to sweep the, the Royals this weekend and and help everybody forget about what just happened, right? Um, and the Cubs, I believe, did get – did they sweep the Rockies or did they win two or three? Um, but that – yeah, they're, they're – uh, but their last, like, 20 games or so have not gone well. You know, I said they were four and six, but I want to say they were – you know, the, the prior 10 before that or whatever, they've been in that three, three and seven, four and six range, uh, for a little while now. And so that's, you know, again, where they, yeah, they did sweep. They lost two or three to the pirates before that. Uh, they were on an L five before that, which included a sweep against the diamondbacks and, uh, two or three against the Rockies. The, 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 uh, uh, series behind before that was three of four losses to the Diamondbacks, which is what started the skid, right? So because they had just finished up with the sweep of the Giants, you remember that sweep of the Giants they had? Oh yeah, uh, right around the same time that the uh, Astros uh, were beating up on the Padres, as we talked about earlier. So that was kind of the Cubbies thing, but the 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 sweep of the Rockies. Uh, which again, another weird, weird thing about the schedule, the Cubs in their last, what is that? Five series have played two against the Rockies, two against the Diamondbacks and one against the Pirates, which weird, right? I mean, Diamondbacks are good. So, you know, that was nothing easy about that. The Rockies are the worst team in the league. Played them six games and wound up winning, going four and two, which is what you would expect. Probably five and one, they'd have felt better about. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's all I have. Let me uh, let me lay out for a little while while you give us some of your thoughts. <laughs> um, all good. 
because uh, yeah, because I'm excited. I'm excited about this next week. But go, please. I I can hear it in your voice. You're fired up, and I love it. <laughs> um, you led me perfectly right into that because I was gonna kind of talk about a grouping of uh, a few different teams and kind of categorize in two different two different lanes. You, I was thinking about it as uh, kind of looking into the postseason. You got your limpers and you got your sprinters. Um, so you got your teams limping into the playoffs. We already talked a little bit about Houston. Uh, you laid out the Cubs a little bit there. Um, and then you got your sprinters who are absolutely turning it on. And so I just want to at least highlight that as we kind of approach the playoffs and what that could mean uh, leading into their matchups as well and, and their prospects of uh, winning a World Series or just making a deep playoff run in general for some of these teams. So um, we'll start with our limpers. Let's start on a sad note. We'll end on a happy note. How about that? Um, Sounds you good. Laid out the Cubs. <laughs> you laid out the Cubs a little bit there. Um, pulled up their records month by month. Last time we checked in, the beginning of the month here or so, um, you know, they were squarely in the – in the mix as far as the division like we talked about and um even the the wild card standings you know you looked at where they were and you said all right you're you're basically nailed on for the postseason just about and then this last month um they've gone from you know i I should say before that they went from you know june and july and august all being winning months 14 and 11, 15 and 11, and then August being 18 and 9, where they really were turning it on. And that was when they kind of started to separate a little bit as far as the wild card goes and really challenge the Brewers for the title uh, in the Central. Um, and then this last month, it's just like the wheels just fell fell off. And they didn't have like an absolutely awful record, but it was 11, 11 and 12 so far this month. And just whenever you're making a playoff push like that, you can't have that negative momentum that way and end up in the playoffs. And I think that's just indicative when you look kind of broader scale for the Cubs in particular, um, where they are as a franchise, a lot of young guys, not a lot of playoff experience, late season experience, uh, trying to get to the playoffs and, and really competing for that. Um, I think that uh, it just kind of shows, like you kind of mentioned with some of the other teams, a year too soon maybe, a year or two uh, too soon, and they just don't have quite all the pieces yet, quite all the uh, the people and experience there to, to really turn it on at the end. So interesting for them. I could see you know if they, if they do get in by the skin of their teeth, because I don't see Miami or Cincinnati, we kind of already talked about, Cincinnati basically done, unlikely, I should say, uh, that they're going to make it in. Miami, I don't really see if they make it in. I don't see them making like a ton of noise. Maybe they do a little bit, but I don't see them making like a deep, deep run with what they have right now. Sandy Alcantara has not had like a phenomenal season. So, um, yeah, you know, either whether it's Miami or the Cubs getting in there, do they do they do much? I don't really know, um, but either way, good good for either of those teams if they get in. So that's one of my limpers there. Another one of my limpers I want to 
point out as well uh, was somebody that we touched on a little bit earlier, a team we touched on earlier, uh, tied right now with the Padres. It's the Giants we were talking about and how they were right in the mix last time we checked in as well, and now they've fallen out. Uh, five games back now, the wild card standings, and same idea there for them. Had a great uh, first half of the season to really uh, put themselves squarely in contention, and then the last couple months, uh, you know, three straight months of losing records, twelve and thirteen, twelve and fifteen, and now this month they've gone seven and fifteen. That's never going to do it when you're trying to chase down a playoff berth. So. Uh, just interesting to see kind of broader strokes of how their season has gone. I don't know. Uh, you know, of course, a lot of these teams aren't teams that we follow super, super closely since we're not fans of the team. But, you know, just kind of generally, I don't know if that's like uh, something with their pitching, uh, just getting tired. If they don't have that depth, you know, once you start getting to the dog days and guys getting tired, maybe you when you uh, get guys days off uh, to try to rest them, those um, – backup guys you have coming in that drop off of talent is a little bit steeper than some other teams that are more in the mix so interesting to see how that's kind of uh, panned out for them in the story of their season Uh, similarly for the guardians but maybe less of a steep decline for them Um, they've actually out of their entire season all but two of their months have been losing months which is Extremely interesting to me, considering how they've pretty much been in the mix for most of the year as far as the Central goes, and honestly probably speaks to the state of the the AL Central and kind of what you were talking about earlier with them being one of the weaker uh, the weaker divisions and everything. But you know, the last two months they've gone eleven and sixteen, and then ten and thirteen. And like I was mentioning with the Giants, that's never going to get it done when you're trying to get into the postseason. So uh, for them, you know, I don't know. I'd have to dive a little bit deeper probably into the history of their club in terms of their moves, their philosophy, strategy, and how they kind of set everything up because they kind of have that. It's, it's a little bit of the Cardinals' strategy of just trying to be in the mix every year and then, you know, get in the postseason, anything can happen. But they also kind of have uh, an approach of they're never they're never going to be a team that goes all out for guys, whether it be on the free agent market or in, in trades as far as like the deadline goes. They're never going to be one of those teams. Uh, Much so, more likely to sell a player, for example. Exactly. I mean, there was even talk about like – uh, even if they were in the mix, the potential of them selling like Shane Bieber because he's right at that spot where they've sold all their other big pitchers out of their pitching factory. You know, that was when they sold Kluber. That was when they sold Clevenger. That was when they sold Bauer, that like year and a half left on the contract. So there was talk about them selling Bieber, even if they're in contention, uh, to win the division because that's just what they're – that's just what their franchise does and their approach and everything to maintain that high floor of winning. Um, it may not be the peak, but you're not going to get those big valleys either. Um, but yeah, kind of interesting to see how that's laid out for them. And then we already talked about, uh, Houston as well, falling off eight and 13 over the course of this last month. 
um, pretty tough uh, when you're trying to get a playoff berth, especially in the AL West with three of the teams being really, really strong uh, as well. So some limpers there, and a little bit surprised uh, by this when I really pull it up month to month. Uh, For this team, the Texas Rangers, we've been talking a little bit about them already, so I'll be brief on this as well. But with their struggles as far as pitching goes, like we kind of highlighted, I was really expecting worse numbers to see as far as the last month and a half or so for them but you know last month in august they were 15 and 12 and so far in september they're 12 and 10 so uh they're a winning ball club the last couple months as far as uh just the record in those two months go so uh, they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth but really makes me wonder what that's going to look like for them in the postseason um if and likely, I would say probably when they make it, um, with the the pitching woes that they have, even with the the starters. I mean, Montgomery and Evaldi have been solid, but the injuries to Scherzer and Degrom really makes you question what they can do as far as making a run, and then especially with their uh, with their bullpen woes as well. I mean, you're not going to be able to in the playoffs score six to eight runs a game to be able to make a run. So well, and um, also because they started out so strong, you know, yeah. As we've talked about, they they or whomever win the West get the bye. So we know they're into those are seven game series, right? Which one? The what are they division? I guess they call them the division series. Oh, after the bye, yeah. I think those are still five, aren't they? And then the CS and World Series are seven. Okay, so in that five game series, eh, I mean, if you can pitch, you know, I don't know. I mean, can they? Can they? <laughs> I can, know. Can can they? Do they have three starters that you know? I mean. I guess Montgomery, depending on who he's facing, might be favored. Because remember, they're going to play the winner of the better wild card. So they, like, for example, they could easily play the Twins, which I think would be a fascinating series. I do too, yeah. Um, But I don't know if they would be favored in the starters matchup in more than one of those games. Maybe I, I, I think it would honestly be like a one, one, one deal, you know, Kelly, um, or I'm sorry, gray, uh, gray would yeah. be favored probably whoever he's matched up against. And, you know, Montgomery, depending on how these, these are set up, like if it's Minnesota, who's Minnesota's number two starter. Um, that would be, you know, that might be, that might favor Texas. Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan. Yeah. So, so is Lopez their number two? I guess I would put Sonny at one. Um, so then does that, you know, would you, who would you favor Montgomery V Lopez? That's, that's close, but I'd probably give a slight nod to Monty and, uh, and then, you know, uh, Joe, um, uh, what's it? Ryan? Yeah, he probably is going to be favored, or it could be. It'd just, probably be him and John Gray. Yeah, for you the could, Rangers. Yeah, you could just say it's a it's a draw there, right? 
Right. Um, yeah. Their well, numbers are basically the same for the season. Yeah, there's yeah, there's nothing to get excited about. And I think overall, although I don't think the Twins bullpen is the best in the league either, uh, they probably get favored. But anyway, uh, sorry to sorry to cut in on that. But that's that's no, that's, yeah, that's good. That's I mean, we're not talking about that yet. We'll talk about it next week, where all these teams that are fighting like hell to get in, most of them are going to be underdogs. But in this case of the AL West, one of the things that makes it so compelling is that if you're the team that's able to secure the division, which, you know, as we said, it's the Texas in Texas is the, is the, you know, the favorite so far prohibitive, but you know, they, they, they've set themselves up the best, which um, your, uh, you know, you're laying out the month by month, the, the limpers and the, you know, the sprinters, not that Texas probably just kind of rolling along, you know, Sunday, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're kind of Sunday driving into the playoffs, but they, right. um, but they aren't, they aren't a limper, right? They're, they're, they're doing what they got to do. And if they can nail down this division, they will get a buy. Yeah. They did their work early in the season, like you mentioned. So that's going to pay off for them for sure. Who do we got for some um, sprinters? Yeah, let's let's end on a positive note. So I'll start with the Twins. That was going to be one of the teams that I was talking about. Um, you know, just completely took took charge of that Central. Uh, Cleveland kind of laid down there uh, at the end and kind of uh, said, "All right, that's it," and kind of lost their momentum and everything but i think it's as much the twins taking control of the second half of the season as it is cleveland losing it um but they've progressively since since uh may and june have every single month after that had increasing uh an increasing win percentage essentially so they've been improving month by month through the second half of the season um and i think getting stronger and stronger so really interesting to see what that looks like for them in the postseason i could really see them making maybe they get to the cs who knows like you meant you kind of laid out you know if they get through that wild card round um they match up with texas or something like that i could see i could very well see minnesota winning that um that matchup and getting to the cs and probably pretty unlikely getting past you know Toronto or Baltimore, whoever it would be, uh, or Tampa Bay. You, I, I don't know how it would shake out or anything like that with with uh, the bracket and everything once we get in there. But um, I could see them doing something interesting there, um, just the way that they've kind of progressed and, and uh, looks like they're just showing their quality uh, through the second half of the season here. Um, same thing goes with the Blue Jays. Uh, last time we checked in, uh, on the standings and everything, I believe, if I remember correctly, they were like, you know, the first or second team on the outside looking in as far as the postseason uh, uh, teams were, were looking at everything in the standings. So uh, they've really turned it on. Uh, they've had in the last, let's see, they, you know, they've had a winning month every single month since June. Uh, so they've been playing good ball, but it seems like they've just kind of been not treading water, but not really 
running away with anything. And then this last month, they've gone 14 and 8 so far, and they're really, um, really getting getting to be the hot hand right now. Which, as we know, once the season closes out and you're in the postseason, the hot hand can win out. So uh, I'd be watching closely for uh, for the the Blue Jays in the playoffs. Of course, depending on how they're pitching. Uh, shows up and everything that's always the wild card um and the dis- a big deciding factor in the postseason too but as far as their hitting and things and and just overall record they're showing to be a good team and and really turning it on uh here in the last couple months um so i think they could make a strong strong run as well and maybe maybe they could upset a tampa or baltimore or whoever it ends up being um I, I don't know who it would actually be that they would end up facing uh, after getting through the wild card round, but um, but yeah, I could see them uh, really sprinting and and making a nice deep run and upsetting some uh, some teams. Well, well, they would be the fifth seed, so uh, you know they would play Tampa uh, in the first round in the wild card round. So that Tampa Toronto. You know that's that's just two brothers going to war with each other, and who knows what happens. Uh, you know that's that's where the the believers in the Astros will say, "Oh, just get them in with that third wild card," and yeah. they're going to beat the Twins anyway, and everything's going to be right with the world. But um, but do you see something? Uh, do you see something similar in? the broader strokes of each each of the franchises for the the Blue Jays and the Astros in terms of uh 2023 Blue Jays with the the say like 2015 Astros or something like that where they're really starting to their their guys are in the bigs now they're big prospects they're starting to gel they're starting to turn into a dangerous team. The Blue Jays have had all those those big names, all the the sons of the former uh, major leaguers, Kevin Biggio, Vlad, Vladdy, um, and um, Bichette. Oh my gosh, who am I? Thank you, Bo Bichette. Yeah. Um, they've had all these big names, and they haven't really been able to put it all together. A lot of it's been, uh, I feel like, pitching has kind of let them down in previous seasons too, but they're hitting as well, especially timely hitting and uh, being able to put it together with that experience in the postseason and that kind of thing. So uh, maybe this is the beginning of a, of a nice wave for them and uh, maybe something, something starting to happen there. But if you look broader strokes too, really projecting out, it's going to be an absolutely insane uh, AL East for the next five six seven years and uh the traditional powerhouses yankees and red sox better figure something out because baltimore tampa and toronto aren't going anywhere anytime soon so if they want to get back to their prominence leaving the uh the division they better figure something out because all of these other teams look very strong for the foreseeable future well, and you know the Sox and Yankees are going to spend their way out of their problems. And so yeah, they yeah. will, um, you know, when you start talking, we've all, you know, we, we talked a couple uh, last time or a couple times ago about uh, the free agent starters, 
you know that both those teams will be in on a couple or three of those guys. And um, yeah. so, yeah, so that's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. We, I mean, I think appropriately next week we'll, we'll look at the actual series because there's plenty of things that can change between uh, now and then, and they will. Uh, we know that Tampa is going to be the number one seed in the AL uh, among wild cards, and we know that Philly is going to be in the NL. And I, I think both those teams pretty much have those. I don't know if they're. I think they've clinched their like seed, right? And because both of them um, are in divisions with you know the two best teams in their respective leagues, they you know there's really no more. the The division isn't a race. Uh, you, you know, right. the, the Orioles have the, the the Rays have stuck as close as they possibly could, but they played each other this week, and Baltimore did what it had to do. It won two out of three, so it yep. took a, a game and a half lead. I think it was when the series started, and made it a two and a half game lead. And it's just you're just running out of daylight. There's just not enough games left, and so. Uh, Big kudos to to Baltimore. We kind of mentioned last episode. Can they really close it out with a lot of their young talent that they have? Kudos to them for doing it and just saying, all right, this is ours. We're taking it. We're going. Right. And then they didn't turn around and spit the bit. They they won two out of three versus Houston. You know, they've, yeah. they've done what they're supposed to do. So they're uh, – I'm sure if you look at their monthly records, they, they, probably, they have to be – I mean, when you're – you know, when you're within a game or two of the best record in all of baseball, then, uh, you know, you had to be consistent all year long, obviously. And um, they, but, but again, we'll, we'll break down the matchups and I'm sure we'll spend a little bit of time on the buy teams, you know, talking about like, you know, do, do the Rays have a couple of guys that have been knocked up, you know, that have been banged up that, you know, they're getting back. Um, and with that additional week or so of rest, uh, that'll help even more. Uh, right. Uh, actually, that's no, they won't get the rest. That would be like the Rangers or somebody, whoever wins the West. Um, right. and then, you know, the Baltimore, same thing, uh, also in the national league, you know, both the Braves and the Dodgers, which I feel like the national league, it definitely feels like two teams and then the rest, but really it's like a two, two, I guess two then would be, uh, you know, but two, two, and then a pretty big drop off. So Dodgers and Dodgers right. and Braves, Phillies and Brewers, and then anybody else, whoever, you know, if it's Diamondbacks, Cubs, Reds, Marlins, Marlins. whoever represents. Yeah. Um those four teams are at a you know definitely lower level. And and I and I believe that both the Brewers and the Phillies are, you know, a, a solid step below. Uh, the Dodgers and the Braves. So, um, totally. Yeah. Agree. So we'll 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 break down the the actual matchups, but it it doesn't diminish in any way these fans 
these fan bases, you know, it's like the Padres fans. Over the last two weeks or whatever, they've had a great run and they've and they've been super happy about their team, except, oh, by the way, the season was over when it happened. I mean, if you look at the Cardinals, they're as we stand today, because you know, this is a Cardinals podcast, so we gotta take a couple minutes here at the end to at least mention them. <laughs> Uh, as of today, they're 20 games under 500 again. Well, remember, we had this conversation at the beginning of the month when they had when they first hit 20 games under 500. And we talked about how that was historical for them. And um, but what that also means is that in the month, they're a 500 club. You know, they've been playing 500 ball. And that's even with a couple rookies and, uh, you know, the pitch. I mean, Drew Rahm has gotten like four or five starts now. And, you know, he got blown up today. Yeah, his his ERA is not pretty. Um, no. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, the point is, is that it matters not. I mean, I guess it's fine if you're trying to catch one of the last few games of the season. Um, it, it's not, it's always nice to see a win. Um, and it's especially nice to see a win that involves win the new Mason win. Um, so, you know, there's been plenty of that over the last few weeks. I mean, if I'm a Royals fan and I'm, you know, I'm barbecuing on a beautiful Saturday in Kansas city, late September, uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun to turn on the TV and watch my Royals beating up on, you know, the mighty Houston Astros. So nothing to take away from any of the teams that are still trying, you know, uh, you could argue, you know, the A's, the nationals, the Rockies teams like that, uh, you know, obviously Kansas city too, that how much are they really trying? But I think the results speak for themselves. The A's over the last 20 games, you know, have probably gone something like eight and 12, you know, whereas before they were going more like six and 14 or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Relatively in terms of their, you know, overall uh, ability to win games this year. And so I'm excited about the week. I'm most excited about, you know, the series that involve Houston, Texas, Seattle, and, you know, then, of course, the Reds, the Cubs, and the Marlins, uh, and the Diamondbacks. I mean, the Diamondbacks still got to hold on to what they got, um, but they're probably fine. Uh, you know, who who knows? I mean, you know, you, I can't, so. you can't count somebody in until they're all the way in. Uh, I feel right. like of those four teams, they're the class of that group. Uh, I think they pretty much proved it all year. I think they pretty much demonstrably have the most talent. Uh, obviously, the Reds got some youngsters. The Marlins always have a couple of really, you know, a couple of guys right before they get rid of them that are really good. And you know, guys like Morrell and you know other guys like that that have sparked you know a team like the Cubs. Uh, they're fun. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this next week. And uh, your point is very well taken. Once you get into the postseason, especially if you've been on a, you know, quote unquote role, 
you've been playing well in the month of September, a lot of times that will help you. Not always. Actually, I think if you go back over the long history of baseball, and, you know, of course we've changed how we do playoffs quite a bit in the last 50 years or 40 years. But even if you only take that period or if you only take this century or whatever, uh, I think the stats tell us that there's not a ton of causation between or correlation between uh, September results and postseason results. But, um, you know, it certainly feels, it always feels good. Like, was was 06, I guess, when we barely snuck in, right? When we were like kind of talk about limping. We were limping in September. And, mm-hmm. you know, lo and behold, we go on to win the World Series. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, you know, this weekend was just another proof positive. These last two weeks have just been another proof positive of why every game matters. And the best players are the guys that are playing just as hard in the ninth as they were in the first, regardless of the score. Well, I am fired up for some good series this last week, particularly those AL West series. It'll be interesting to look at what this looks like in a week's time, and we'll revisit that and kind of look at uh, some of the postseason series that are actually – you know, once they shape up and everything and the season is done, we can kind of dive into that and maybe project a little bit about what our thoughts are on that and maybe have a little, some predictions and things, too, of um, each series and uh, our our, po- our World Series winners uh, that we think are going to win uh, and kind of go from there. But, yeah, uh, any other things you want to uh, talk about before we go? No, I think we litigated all the issues. <laughs> Sounds good. We uh, we got a good uh, uh, head start, a good uh, head space now, too, uh, heading into the last uh, week of the year. Uh, but, yeah, sounds good. We got to uh, shut it all down here and hit the hay. It's time to get ready for work in the morning. You got it. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I think we went a little longer than maybe we originally thought we would, but... Um, Hey, there's good stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, Yeah, and I think we went over some good stuff, too. So that was great. Appreciate it. And I will um, speak to you soon.